Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Grow and Go podcast. Stoked you're here. Stoked you're wanting to feast on some good truth, learn more and more weekly. As always, I just want to say a massive thank you for listening to this podcast. And I believe that gratitude shifts the attitude. So I'm so sorry if I'm always so freaking thankful uh, for all the people who listen to this podcast week after week. And uh, thank you for listening to my rant uh, every 20 minutes a week. So uh, yeah, but anyway, guys, it is time for embarrassing story of the week. Okay, so this happened like three, four years ago. So it was uh, the same this was around the time that I was still working at the church with uh, my coworker, Sam, which I mentioned in two, this is the third episode that I mentioned him in. But anyway, so um, this was around the time that I was working with him and our boss, the same boss that got pretty upset with me when I ran out on the alarm in a different story. So if you don't know that story, go back uh, <laughs> to a different episode, but uh, same boss. And this was during a season where work was just kind of dead and we didn't have a lot to do. And so um, our boss uh, texted us and was like, hey, guys, I have stuff around the house if you guys need help or if you guys need some extra cash and I, I could use some hands. So if you want, uh, let me know and I'll, uh, you know, I'll pay. I'll give you some money and it would be it would help me a lot, too. So we're like, OK, cool. So there was one day where I texted him like, hey, um, I could use a couple extra bucks if uh, you need some hands around your house. So he's like, yeah, yeah, come on over. So. I went over one evening and he was like, hey, we're going to be moving drywall from my garage all the way to the basement. Uh, And it's going to be like a ton of drywall. And so um, I was like, "Okay, yeah. And so he he decided that we would take these drywall pieces, these big like eight foot drywall, and we would stack them together in like two. So it'd be a little heavier than just one. Um, But instead of going through the house and making a mess, we would have to go around the house. So. Um, so we did that. And so we were carrying it all. And the whole time him and I were just joking back and forth, just having conversation as we're going, carrying these drywall downstairs. And man, it was awful. Now that I'm thinking about it, I hated doing that, but, um, we were almost done. We had like, we had like 10 boards left. Okay. And we were carrying them down one by one or sorry, two by two. And there was one time where my boss wasn't looking and he ran into a pole. And so uh, I, I don't remember what it was like a, like an awning pole or like in the backyard, there was just like this big tall ceiling thing or whatever. And he hit, he hit the side of the wall, but when he hit it, it like hit his shoulder and the whole dry board, uh, or the drywall just came coming at me and it hit me in the mouth. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, and he's like, he's like, Tanner, are you okay? I'm like, ah, I think so. And so I was just like in this incredible amount of pain. So we put the board down and I'm like kind of covering my face and I'm like, ah, geez, he's apologizing, you know, over and over. And I was in just so much pain. And so we're like, we went, we just finished it off. Like, keep in mind, my mouth is throbbing because it just hit me in the freaking face. So throbbing, we get done and I, 
you know, he gives me the money. I'm like, thanks. You know, he's like, I'm sorry about hitting you. I'm like, no, you're good. So then I get in the car (laughs) and a bit, (laughs) like a little chip of my tooth was gone (laughs) because of the hit. So I'm like, oh no. (laughs) But luckily it was like a tooth that doesn't matter. (laughs) Why did I say that? A tooth that doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, and it was a lot of pain and it was very embarrassing. And, um, luckily that tooth is now filled in or it's back I should say and it's not it's not even noticeable so we're good but yeah that was my embarrassing story of the week so (laughs) okay so for this week I kind of wanted to shift the whole like lesson plan kind of topic thing into uh here are some things that God has been teaching me lately so I mentioned in a previous episode that if I was to ever write a book me and my friends joked about this if I was ever to write a book it would be titled hey idiot love people And if you got your wisdom glasses on, you'll probably notice that it's the title of today's episode. Okay, for one, I do want to specify that when I say the word idiot, (laughs) I don't mean it in a demeaning way. Okay, trust me, I've been called an idiot before and quite a bit, especially in middle school, elementary school. And maybe you have too. Um, But for this example and for this episode, I want us to take the word idiot and put it into terms with fool because that's actually... um, by definition, what idiot means is just a foolish person, stupid person. Um, and if you've ever read through the book of Proverbs, you'll know that God reveals a lot about fools. And the truth of the matter is that we're all fools. Okay. We all do things out of selfish ambition and act like a fool when we get the results we could have expected. Like we are all fools at heart. And at one point I had an old friend once say to me, um, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> so we're all fools because we've all done foolish things. So therefore we're all considered idiots. Okay. But don't worry. There's nothing but grace here. I promise this isn't a demeaning thing. Um, but we're all idiots together. So, um, so we're idiots. Uh, we all have the idiot gene in us, but there's something that God's been revealing to me, a fellow idiot, <laughs> that I wanted to share to all of my other fellow idiots. <laughs> um, I promise I'm I'm not insulting you or degrading what God thinks of you because um, he loves you. But, but okay, God's been teaching me the title of this week's episode, and it's how to love people. Okay, something that I've been wrestling with or just wrestling in general um, throughout my whole life is justifying my actions. You can ask my mom, my siblings, my family. They they all will say, if like if they're being honest, they'll say that Tanner just wants to be right. And um, maybe you're like me, but there's a divide uh, that is assumed in regards to the relationship between a believer and a non-believer. And I don't ever want to get to the point where if I'm in a disagreement or an argument with someone who doesn't believe um, that I would use the words, well, I know Jesus and they don't, or I know the truth and they don't. And I think I've grown up with that mentality of, therefore, since I know Jesus and he is the truth, then I must be right in every argument too, because I hold what he says is true. And in some sense, I feel like that's putting ourselves at God's level. And sure, there are some topics that will be discussed between a secular mindset and a church mindset that will have disagreements. They're inevitable. But I don't ever want to reduce a person's opinion, regardless if I think it's flawed or not, under the label of they don't know the truth. They don't know Jesus. Therefore, they're wrong. And I think if we're believers and we follow the truth, we must admit that we don't always have the truth. Because we're fools, we're idiots. (laughs) 
And like I said, my issue is that I always want to be right. And in all honesty, maybe my opinion on this topic is wrong. Maybe this whole podcast is wrong. But if my desire to be right exceeds my ability to want to understand the other person's side, then I'm not following the truth. I'm just following an order. I think back to scripture, and I don't think I've seen Jesus lovingly correct someone before understanding their opinion. You know, Jesus listened to the woman at the well. Jesus listened to Mary and Martha, even though he knew that Lazarus was going to be raised soon. Like he still chose to sit down and listen. Jesus listened to John the Baptist. He listened intently and he didn't wave his power in their face and say that, say the way that they were raised to think was wrong. He instead tenderheartedly listened and wanted to understand them before lovingly pointing them back to him who is the truth. So in that regards, I feel God is pressing on my heart to say, hey, Tanner, you're kind of acting a bit of a fool when you purposefully don't try to consider other people's opinion. So, hey, idiot, love people. Um, But in like a lighthearted, fun way, like I feel like God's saying like, hey, you should just love people. And this has been like the necklace I've been wearing that is, I want my, I want it to be my goal in life to above all else to be, hey, idiot, love people. Like if someone is taking my heart, split it in two, stomped on it, spat on it. Like I want my response to be, hey, idiot, love them. Like if someone tries to corner me into lies about myself or make accusations that are just blatantly not true. Like I want my heartbeat to be, hey, idiot, love them too. It's seriously such a grand concept, but a simple one because we're called to love one another, bless our enemies and love those who disagree with us or, you know, who argue with us. It even says in John 13, verse 34, which is a direct quote from Jesus himself. uh, And he said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Just as Jesus loved us. And what does that look like? Just as Jesus loved us, we are called to love one another the same. But how has he loved us? So Jesus has loved us at our very worst and maybe even our best, which is still not that great. (laughs) But when we constantly disobey, like disrespect or dishonor his name, he still loves us. When we fail at keeping the relationship with him intact, he loves us. When we choose to run away from his perfect deity and run to other fleeting pleasures, he loves us. He loves us. When we hurt him, he loves us. When we argue with him, he loves us. And just as Paul writes in Romans 8, 39, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So no matter what we do, no matter how far we run, we're constantly running back into his arms. God loves us. It doesn't, it's not depending on what we do or how we act on a given day, but it's his constant love all the time. So if we can mend our hearts to understand God's heart for us, maybe we can start to love like he did. Because even if Jesus Jesus loved us at our worst, why can't we love people when we think they're being the worst? You know, if God loves us even when we're nasty and just kind of rude to people or rude to him, like why can't we love people who are rude to us? So I want to take a kind of sidestep for now and kind of teach something that I learned uh, not too long ago. So I've learned that there are three types of friendships. And in this example, I want to use the example of a balloon a basketball and a bowling ball. And if you follow my, my blog, I've wrote, I wrote about this once, but I'll just take it a step further and just kind of talk about it on here. So three types of friendships and three types of spears. Okay. The first level of friendship is like a balloon. 
Now, the thing about balloons is that they're easy to pop. The, at one point, um, this is kind of funny off topic story, but at one point, um, we threw a surprise birthday party for my well then girlfriend and my best friend Andrew. He um, got a balloon, and it was first it, again. It was for a surprise birthday party, but he got a balloon, and apparently they ran out of like girls' birthday, and so he got a balloon that said, "It's a boy. It's a boy." Like uh, like a baby was born, and he crossed off the word "boy" and wrote "girls' birthday" under it. But she didn't even see it because it flew away. <laughs> but anyway, uh, okay, and going back to the whole balloon thing. Uh, sorry for that off topic rant. But now the thing about balloons is that they're easy to pop. And if you throw a balloon on a shard of grass, there's a possibility that it may or may not pop. Another thing about balloons is that the wind carries them everywhere. So even if we let go for a second, it can just be blown away and carried somewhere else. There's friendships that can be easily popped or blown away too, kind of like a balloon. And these friendships are considered to be you know, on edge, swaying, inconsistent, you know, very weary. We don't know how long it's going to last. So there's friendships like that, like a balloon. Okay, so there's a second level of friendship as well. And it's like a basketball. Now, basketballs have a little bit more stability. Okay, they won't ease, they won't easily get blown away with the wind. Um, maybe if it's a storm out or something like that. But there's a possibility that if you were to throw a balloon on you know, a big open field of grass, it's not going to pop. Okay. But they will be worn and torn the more they go. You know, basketballs can seem like a steady piece of sporting equipment, just like others, other sports balls. They eventually lose air and they get flat. Now basketballs, they get flat over time. And the same goes with this, excuse me, this level of friendship as well. Those friendships that seem lasting, but over time, they just seem to get weaker and weaker And the intimacy of the friendship is nothing but a, like, hey, long time no see, how are you? You know, there's basketballs, then they get flatter and flatter as they go, but it's not rock hard. But lastly, there's something about the last level of friendship, which is like a bowling ball. Now, I've seen a few videos where people accidentally, like, keep their fingers in the hole of a bowling ball for too long while they're trying to, like, let go of it for a bowling game. And it, like, flies up, hits the ceiling, like, comes crashing down on the hard, like, hard pile or, you know wood and uh and it's so funny because like even like when that falls down like it's it's loud and it's embarrassing but like the bowling ball doesn't even break it doesn't even chip off it you know it's rock hard you can't penetrate a basking ball a, or sorry a bowling ball and there's no strand of grass that can pop it the wind will not take it literally if like regardless of how big the storm is it's a rock it will not move it will not go flat And in our last level of friendship, it's like this bowling ball and it's consistent, it's firm, it's lasting. But if we take a step back and look at how God loves us, we'll realize that his love doesn't pop, his love doesn't get flat, and his love doesn't get blown away in the wind, but his love is rock hard and lasting. If God loves us even when we're at our worst and even when we're the most inconsistent people, There's a challenge that God poses on us, and I think it's to love like him. And there's excuses that we want to make up in our own heads like, God, they're nothing but rude to me. You know, his response would be, that's okay. I was spit on. You know, you can love them. Or other excuses like, God, these people at work, they just degrade me for my stance on this thing or on this topic. 
But his response would be, that's okay. I had nails go through my hands at one point for the same reason. You can love them. And I want our love for people to be raw, to be real, to be genuine and glorifying for him. Because how many times have we felt bothered by someone who just needed a little bit more love? You know, how many times have we not forgiven someone who just maybe needed to be extended grace? I can honestly sit here and I can think, I can think and name four people on the top of my head that I haven't extended love towards because I've either been hurt by them, annoyed by them, or just bothered by them. But God doesn't respond with a, you have a right to feel that way, just ignore them. But he responds with a, hey, idiot, just love them. You know, hey, idiot, just love them. Even if they're weird, even if they, you, the topics of conversation are different, maybe if they've hurt you, maybe if they've hurt you over and over and over again, like you can still love them. Listen when they speak. Encourage them when they're down. Love them when they hurt you. Pray for them when they complain about something that's going on in their lives. You can love them. If God's love is free for all, we don't need to limit our field of people to love. We can love everyone. God doesn't just handpick a few people to love and leave it at that. No, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he loves everyone. And it may sound like an oversimplistic idea. And maybe some of you are tuning out like, this is so simple. Like, I'm not getting any anything fed. But I can, if I was sitting across from you, I bet I could ask you and say, hey, who aren't you loving these days? Because it's so easy for us to just think about who we are loving and who we're investing in. But which people are we not? You know, it may sound like an oversimplistic idea that God loves everyone and that we should love everyone, but its simplicity is matched with its grandness. God loves everyone. And he looks at us not with any bitterness or disappointment and says, hey man, just love people. Because when we love people like he loved us, that not only glorifies him and gives honor to the way he loves, but we feel a sense of love too, knowing that if his love is perfect and loves us completely, then we can love people the same as well. So don't be surprised if you catch God pulling at your heart lately with a response of, hey, idiot, love people. Hey, my child, love people. Hey, someone I took nails for, just love them. Let's love the people God has placed in front of us this week. We don't have to let them, their weirdness or the fact that they bother us or annoy us or hurt us, like we don't have to let that get in the way. Because I didn't let Jesus get in the way. Like Jesus knew how wicked and how awful we would be. Not to say we're only that, but because of sin, we are. Um, But he still saw us even when we were at our worst and said, no, I'm still going to die for you. I still love you. I still want to invest in you no matter how much, how many times you turn away from me. Like I want to invest in you. I love you. So Let's love people that God has placed in front of us this week because he loved us. Okay, challenge of the week. So recently I got a letter in the mail from a friend who doesn't even live that far away, but she was doing this thing on Instagram where she's like, hey, uh, I'm writing letters to people I care about. And I was like, okay, I'll send my address even though even though we're not that far away. We're probably like 20 minutes away driving distance. But there was something about this friend sitting down for a few minutes and writing words that they could have easily just texted me. But instead, it felt more heartfelt and time-consuming to receive a letter, even though a text would have done the same thing. So this week, 
write one letter to someone. Now I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, Tanner, I haven't, I, I haven't wrote a letter since the 1930s. Like, like, do people even do that? Yes, they do. Um, so <laughs> it can be a little, and it can even be a little letter to like a coworker to like leave in their mailbox at work. Um, you know, maybe a letter to a friend you haven't connected with for a while, someone who's out of state, someone who's in state, or maybe even a family member you haven't seen since like last Christmas or whatever, but just one letter, literally, it can be the shortest letter. It could be three sentences. Um, but it's not, it's not that hard and sure. It's not what we're used to, but neither is loving people like God would sometimes. So just one letter, literally just one letter promise you it'll make them feel good. And you'll just feel like, Oh, you know what? Like I took time to write for this person who I haven't talked to in a while. So just one letter, love people this week, love God this week and keep on growing. We'll see you guys next time.